Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn podcast, hosted by Matt Hallisey and Al Horn. This is the only entrepreneurial podcast that helps you take the most important step to finally achieving financial and personal freedom. What is that step? Well, it's the very next step you need to take. It doesn't matter whether you've started a business but aren't profitable, or you've only just now thought about starting a business for the first time. You can design your new life in just a short period of time. We both started multiple profitable businesses, and we're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of. The crazy thing is you don't need to be especially talented, experienced, smart, or even lucky to make this happen. You just have to take the first step that's in front of you. So grab a drink and join us while we discuss our own journeys from working for other people as employees to living our dream lifestyle as business owners. We share our successes, our failures, and the simple formula we've discovered to go from starting from nothing to having our own profitable business in just a short period of time. We're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of, but we're always scared to go after. Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Today, we are going to build off our last episode we talked about. Um, Really, you know, the big question that we asked is, do you really have to pay for advertising to build your business? And in the last episode, we talked about kind of the why you don't have to, and then just some of the ground rules that you want to consider uh, before taking this route. And I can tell you, it's one of the best ways that I've ever had of building a business and getting my name out there. You know, very few of the times it's been very direct advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to actually get to the, the part that I know most people are eager to, to listen to. So if you have a pen and paper, uh, you know, have that ready to take notes. If you're like me, I have my notepad app on my laptop, so you can use that as well. Uh, if you have a photographic memory, then just, you know, let that one, let that one rip. <clears throat> but today we're going to talk about a few different areas that I know I have personally used, and I imagine Al's probably used all of these as well. Uh, to build <clears throat> to build your business, to gain publicity, and to do it without spending a nickel. So if you're an absolute cheapskate, I mean, an utter cheapskate, the guy that leaves a, a 3% tip for all the waiters and 5% if they actually did a really good job, the kind of people that leave all their, you know, when they die, they leave their will to their cat. If that's the person that you are, <laughs> you're going to love this one. But even if you are a good tipper, you know, even if you are generous or whatever, There's no reason to waste money on advertising. Facebook's doing pretty good on their own. Google's doing pretty good on their own. And uh, when you're starting a business, you really need to, you know, be the steward of your company's finances. So it's better to pay yourself than to pay for advertising is kind of the way that I've looked at this. So today we're going to talk about a few different areas that I've used personally, and Al's going to jump in and talk about that as well on ways that you can get free publicity for your business, but you have to understand, like we talked about in our last episode, the rules of the road and, um, you know, exactly what to do because there are skills involved and what to do to actually effectively leverage them because you can't just walk in and just trample roughshod over these different, um, different methods. You have to understand kind of how to take advantage of them and why that's important. So today, the first one we're going to talk about today <clears throat> The best way, in my opinion, nowadays to get free publicity, uh, and again, you don't have to pay for it at all, is to be or to use podcasts. And, you know, there's basically two ways we're going to that you can use that. Number one, 
You can be a guest on somebody's podcast, right? Or, and the second one we're going to talk about today is you can actually host your own podcast. So I know when I first started, I had that realization. I'm like, why am I doing this? I, I never did this in the advertising agency. We never did this. Why, why don't I just do what we used to do? And so one of the first things that I did was I went on Apple iTunes and I went through their business section because my product was helping salespeople out. And I went through and looked at all the podcasts that really had to do with sales. But specifically, I just wasn't looking for a, like any podcast that had to do with sales because some of them, honestly, let's be honest, we're say, you know, we, for the people that are salespeople on this, sales can be really boring, especially sales podcasts. But I was looking for podcasts that were different, ones that if I weren't trying to be a guest on that podcast that I would actually probably want to listen to and subscribe to. And so I did. I found a bunch of podcasts that I thought, you know, hey, this might be a really good fit. I mean, I actually might be a really decent guest on some of these podcasts. One of them was called Weird Entrepreneurs, um, you know, which really, you know, for the most part, a lot, believe it or not, a lot of their um their audience were people who were in the MLM field. So they were kind of salespeople, but kind of um, entrepreneurs. And they just don't, they liked having guests on that just did things differently. They weren't, you know, hey, I'm Bob, I have an insurance agency in Tacoma, Washington, but they, you know, kind of like, I can't believe this guy actually did this as a business. Um, you know, but I found a, a bunch of different podcasts that I thought, you know, this actually might be a good fit. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I did is I, I, at this point, I had to reach out to these podcasts and get on them. And what you quickly realize is these guys are now the gatekeeper. In order to be on their podcast, you kind of have to earn their business. So mm -hmm. you have to get on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so the first question that you have to ask yourself is, you know, why would this guy even want me on my po on his podcast? And so you have to answer that question. And so I started reaching out and in the beginning. I was okay at it. I got on a couple of podcasts, but then I quickly realized that, you know, sending emails out to them or, or reaching out to them on social media, um, a lot of them did not respond back to me right away. And so I started to look at that and I realized, I, I started to look at the emails that I sent and I said, well, if I had that email sent to me and I had a podcast that everybody listened to, would I respond back to, would I even respond back or would I just delete the email? And if I'm being honest, I looked at those and I just said, yeah, I'd probably delete them too. <laughs> they really weren't well-written. They weren't compelling. They didn't give me a reason to respond back. And they definitely did not inspire curiosity. And so one of the things that I quickly found was that if somebody has a podcast, one of the things you always have to realize is they're always looking for guests. They need guests. Now, some people have podcasts where they, the modality is not to have guests and that's fine. I mean, we're doing this right now. But the ones who have an interview modality where that's kind of what they do is they don't necessarily teach you anything, but they interview people who are experts. They're always in need of guests. And so you need to be able to get content. Now, my wife used to be a TV producer back in the day. And one of the things she always said when she was, she was a news producer is she said, there's 22 minutes of content that we have to fill every show. And some of it's pre, you know, some of it's pre-filled out. You have the weather person gets their, you know, two minutes or three minutes. The sports guy gets three minutes. Um, but the rest of it's, you know, news, crime, human interest, things like that. But there's always, there's probably four to six minutes in each show where you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to go out and get information. Like most of the main stories, she told us, she would just copy off the wire. <laughs> she would literally get the AP wire and they copy off it, literally, you know, put that into the teleprompter a la Ron Burgundy. And the guy would just read the teleprompter 
from things that are happening on the AP wire. And that fills a bunch of their time. But when it came to local stuff, they had to fill, um, they had to fill some time. And in every newscast, there was a, what they call a human interest story, which is, you know, it could be something where there's a, uh, a dog, a dog show or, or you know, a new uh, charity walk going on or something, but they actually have to go out and actually kind of, you know, fill that on their own. And one of the things that she said is that like a lot of times they're, they tend to be lazy people. And if they have a Rolodex of people that, you know, they can hit up, they'll do that. But at the same time, if you're reaching out to them and saying, Hey, I have this really cool thing that we're doing, you know, maybe it's a bank that's opening up a new branch in an area or a Girl Scouts or having a cookie sale or just some really just, you know, just some local thing, they're lazy and they're going to use that immediately. And they're probably going to put you on TV if you're reaching out to them and speaking their language. And so that's one of the things that I quickly realized was like, I need to do that. I need to give them a reason to put me on their podcast. And specifically, the one thing that I, I, I had to let them know is they, they kind of, I, I would imagine they assumed that I, I was you know, trying to hit them up and just get on the podcast. But one of the things that I did is I, I thought it was important was I actually listened to a few of their podcasts. Can you imagine that? You actually listened to a few episodes of their podcast? Fantastic. And I would actually tell them things that I liked about it, but I would also tell them things where I either, I thought it was interesting, I agreed with, but I would also tell them things that I disagreed with. Like, I liked your take on this. I liked what you said about this, but I completely disagree on this other one. And this is why. And so it immediately tells them that this person thinks critically. This person, you know, will probably have some good banter back and forth or repartee. Um, but it gets them curious because they know that I'm not just sitting here trying to suck up to them to get on their podcast, but I'm actually bringing a strong perspective on it. Does it mean I'm going to be on their podcast? Not necessarily. But what it usually meant is they reached back out to me and wanted mm -hmm. to learn more about me and figure out, you know, and kind of answer the question that they had in the back of their mind was why, you know, should I put this on, should I put this person on my podcast? Why should mm -hmm. I put them on my podcast? And so they're mm -hmm. trying to answer that question. And usually we'd have a phone call or a Skype call or something like that, where we'll kind of go back and forth. Sometimes it was via email. Sometimes they had a producer, like sometimes these people actually have full-time producers that work for them. Um, and so the idea of that is like, you know, you're not, your goal isn't to get on the podcast. Your goal is to give this person who runs the podcast, some really compelling content because they're really looking for a viral podcast episode. They're not just, some of them are looking to fill podcast episodes, but some of them want, they, they're always looking for that one person they can get on their podcast, whether it's a named person or not, that just where everybody listens, they share it and it goes viral. So that was kind of my experience, you know, getting on these podcasts initially. Now, when you, when you have, Al, I guess, you know, we've never, I've never even asked this question. So it's kind of just an initial, you know, I'm kind of throwing it out there. Um, what's your experience, if any, have you used as far as being a guest on somebody's podcast? Mm. Well, um, you know, I, I, I can't say that I've been, I have been a co-host and I have been a guest on, on some podcasts and uh, I found it to be uh, interesting. Um, it, it, and it's, it's, it's something that I, that I enjoy. Uh, you know, I did college radio uh, when I was back at San Diego State. Um, so I have actually been on terrestrial radio and not just podcasts. So it's something that I've always enjoyed. Um, now, whether that really helped 
my business coaching business? Uh, I can't say. I, I don't know how many people it reached, um, but it was it was fun and it was good practice. And uh, and part of what I do for my clients is get them on podcasts. So uh, it, 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 it sort of built the foundation for part of what I do. And uh, and so uh, um, it is a piece of what I call the marketing strategy of anybody that's offering a business, a, 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 a product or a service, but they have to understand who they're reaching, how many people they're reaching, how effective that is uh, for them and how much time and effort it's going to take to do it. They have to have those things. They have to understand those aspects of it or they again are just doing as they enjoy doing it, you know. But is it going to really affect the bottom line is, is the question. You bring up a good point. And I actually, I didn't anticipate asking this question, but I think it's a good one to ask. So being that you were the one that was the facilitator on helping get people on podcasts, kind of what's that your take? So if you had somebody that said you had a conversation, it naturally came up and, and you're like, yeah, well, I help people get on podcasts or however that would, the conversation would start up. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are the things that are going through your head? Not necessarily what you say or what you do, but like, what are the things that are going through your head as far as trying to vet out or, or get a better sense on, you know, is this person somebody that would be a valuable addition to somebody's podcast or kind of, I'll just open it up broadly. What kind of, what's, what's your thought pattern and how do you go about it uh, in that role? Right. Well, <clears throat> you know, uh, you basically, the clients would kind of fall into two a couple of different areas, okay, uh, in terms of who they are and what they are saying and who they want to reach. If they're already famous or semi-famous, okay, then they're a get for certain podcasters or even traditional media. If I were to, for example, if I was a podcaster and or I was in media and I could get an interview with Elon Musk, even if it was a 10 minute interview, that would be a get for me, okay? So there are people that are influencers, they're experts, authorities, thought leaders. Those people have uh, what I call uh, that, that magnetic quality, okay? The podcasters are seeking them out traditional media is seeking them out, okay? News, uh, news people or journalists are seeking them out. That It can literally make an interview, an in-depth interview with say Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or, or for that matter, somebody who's political, you know, uh, uh, even a Donald Trump or somebody uh, could make that journalist's career, okay? That could be a real get for a journalist. So those people are mostly managing, they have their people who manage them to, 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 to screen out. They're, they're trying to screen out, okay? Now, the type of clients I work with um, are not that famous. So they're doing the reverse, okay? They're trying to get to the podcaster that has the biggest audience that, that appeals to the demographic uh, that they want to reach. 
And like you said, it is about content, but it's also about branding. And it's also about establishing yourself, even if it's for a very, very specific niche, okay? Uh, establishing, establishing yourself as an expert, a thought leader, an influencer, uh, uh, establishing yourself as somebody who has a, a, a big network uh, and who can reach a lot of people. Um, that, that, that's their, that's what I help them do. Okay. And part, a big, a big part of that is what is their image? What is their brand? What is it that they have to say that's important or useful or interesting or entertaining? Okay. Many of these people that I work with are, they have a book. Okay. So they're promoting their book. And because they have a book, even if it's only sold 10 copies, if they have a book and it's a real book, then to some degree, they're considered an expert. To some degree, they have a message. And, but that message is only going to appeal to a certain niche audience. So they are not going to, for somebody has a book on, I have a client right now, somebody, she wrote a book on how to write a book. Okay. She's not going to get interviewed by Joe Rogan. She's not going to be on the East CBS Evening News being interviewed by whoever the talking head is this tonight, you know. But could she appeal to an audience of people out there who have been locked up in the pandemic and have thought of keep thinking about writing a book, but they've got these challenges and stumbling blocks and they need somebody to sort of inspire them and give them kind of an organized strategy for doing that? Absolutely. Now, are there podcasts out there that speak directly, directly to people who want to be authors or are authors or write or, or, or want to get articles published, et cetera, et cetera? Yes, absolutely. Is she in a position to reach out to those podcasters? Probably not. She wouldn't know how to do it, okay? And it's tough to toot your own horn, so to speak. So let Al Horn toot it for you, you know? I mean, that's, you know, so I, re I help them to- Did you just say toot your own horn? Yes, I did. <laughs> that's the best pun ever. You're killing it today. <laughs> Well, you know, you, you, you want to keep things interesting. You want to keep things entertaining. You don't want to be flogging some message that says, I'm great, I'm great, you know, whatever it is. Um, so so it's, it, it, it's easier for me to promote them and get them out there and get them as a guest on a podcast than it is for them to, for them to do it themselves. Should they do it themselves? Absolutely. Do they have the time, the energy, the know-how, the expertise? Probably not. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, going back to what you said about getting free publicity, getting your message out there, building a brand, creating the image, getting people to see you, hear you, identify with you, uh, agree with you. Uh, uh, want to learn more about what it is that you do, want to learn more about your product, want to connect with you. 
podcasts are great, but you've got to keep in mind that there's over a million podcasts out there. How, how many of them have anybody, anybody listening? How many of them have any influence at all over their listeners? Only a few, right? So uh, yeah, yeah, all of those things have to be taken into consideration and it's dynamic, okay? But the one thing I would say to our listeners out there, okay, is you've got to have a strategy. The strategy creates your tactics, okay? Your tactics creates your campaign. And your campaign, from a marketing point of view, creates your results. And the results create your money. And the better your strategy the more, more focused and, 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 and effective your campaign and your tactics, the more people you're going to reach, the more people are going to connect with you in the right way. And the bottom line being is what does it take in time, money, and energy to get a customer, a client, someone to purchase your product. Now, Keep in mind, if, you, if you're somebody that's written a book, okay, and it, I don't care if it took you a year to write it, blood, sweat, and tears, and you have a 300-page book, and it's on Amazon, and you're selling it for $14.95, okay, or you're selling the, uh, the, the ebook version of it for $4, you're not going to be making a lot of money from that. You're, you're not on the top, you're not on the New York Times bestseller list. You're not going to be making a lot of money, okay? But it's a tool. It's a part of your strategy. And if you see that as part of your strategy, then you use it properly as a part of your strategy. And then you see what that contributes to your campaign. And over time, if you're lucky, if you're smart, if you're effective, if you're executing everything properly, that builds up your momentum. And it's, it, it's a feedback loop, okay? The more people know about your book, the more people know about you. They know about you. Maybe they like you. Maybe they don't like you. Maybe they don't care one way or the other. But they've heard about you, okay? So you're becoming an influencer in a certain niche, through a certain network. And based on that, there's going to be a percentage of people. And we're talking now, you're, you're, you're trying to reach people. You're not going B to B. Okay, that's a little bit, that's a different animal. You're trying to attract companies and organizations that's different than trying to attract people. Okay. But the same principles apply in many ways. Okay, but it is different. Uh, when you've got those people paying attention, okay, to what it is that you do and who you are, and maybe they like you, maybe they find what you're saying useful, at some point, if you're executing properly, and again, this has to be done properly, if you're executing properly, a percent of those people are going to be on board with whatever the next thing you have to offer. If it's a product, if it's a service, if it's 
a workshop, if it's a Zoom uh, a webinar, whatever it is, there's going to be a percent of people. And then you're going to have to, you look at the statistics and you say, okay, I spent this much time, this much energy, this much money over this period of time. And it cost me $41 to get a new customer or it cost me $41 to sign up this person for webinar XYZ. It took me, uh, uh, four, cost me $41 to get a new client. Okay, I'm a, in financial services or I'm this or I'm a coach or whatever it is. It cost me $41. Now, if what they signed up for makes you $495 and it costs you $41, you don't have to be Einstein to figure out that that's a good thing. Now, you've built that up, okay? And you, you, now you're going to take you're going to you're going to take that system, and you're going to add more to it. Now you want to you want to take it to the next level and to the next level. You want to build it up because if you can get a client that pays you four hundred ninety five dollars and it costs you forty one dollars, guess what you want to put your money into? Okay. But there's, you know, so many moving parts to this. Obviously, we can't cover it all in this, uh, in this episode, or maybe in the next ten episodes. There's so much to it. But I'm just talking about the basic principles now. I'm just talking about the basics. So, um, it, I would love if if we have if we have some uh, listeners out there that want to go into more detail, then they should they should contact us directly and we can talk to them about more details specifically that apply to them but to a general audience like this of entrepreneurs we can only cover the basic yep so let's pivot a little bit and we'll talk about how to we talked about how to be a guest on a podcast you know it's important you want to make sure that you're contributing to the podcast, you understand the unwritten rules, you have to really understand what the audience is, you know, who is their audience? Why are they listening? You have to approach it almost like you're the podcast host. Um, you have to even understand the inside jokes because the audience will get that. On certain podcasts, there's inside jokes or references. And if you know what they are, the audience is going to immediately start to, to, uh, what do you want to say? Immediately, it's going to decide to, to, to identify with you, right? That you're kind of part of one of them. Um, so that's definitely, you know, something you want to look at as well. You understand, you know, what, what you like about them, guests they've had on, what you've had. But one of the other things that I didn't even realize for a while is I, I kept thinking, okay, well, all these, all these people are podcast hosts. I mean, they must, you know, they know what they're doing. They're experts. They have followings. They're kind of like you with your, your, your meetup network, Al. It's like, all right, this guy has all this chess pieces on the board. And then I was like, well, maybe I should, maybe I could do my own podcast. And then initially I'm thinking, well, yeah, but who am I? Right. But then I, I started to ask myself, well, like every single person who has their own podcast at one point in their life, they didn't have a podcast, <laughs> right? Like they always say, the thing about internet marketing is they said, there's one sure thing about every person that lands on your landing page, 100% of them will leave, right? <laughs> Eventually, yes. right? Either in a second or a minute or 10 minutes or whatever. But um, 
when a podcast, everybody that has a podcast, Joe Broken, there was a day that he didn't have a podcast. There was a day that he just started his podcast and didn't really have any listeners. John Lee Dumas, another one, didn't have a podcast, didn't have any listeners. But, um, and so you start to think, well, everybody starts from the same square one. Well, why not do it? And I think part of it too is like, one of the things that's nice about building your own podcast is you start to get your own audience. They identify with you. You get to be yourself. You get to, you know, have your own sense of humor. You get to set your own unwritten rules, which I think are really cool. Um, and what happens is everybody that chooses to listen and everybody that chooses to subscribe to you is literally just signing up to, to be your fan page, right? I mean, that's really what it is. And so now, you know, you had talked before in our prior episode about the fact that you're like, yeah, you said email marketing isn't what it used to be because everybody's so inundated with emails. And I think there's some truth to that. I don't think it's hundred percent true, but I do think there's some truth to that for sure. But I think it's been replaced by, by podcasts, um, listenership. You know, if you look and, and watch on YouTube or rumble, or you go to you know, Spotify for audio podcasts or Apple podcasts, and you see how many people have subscribed, um, you know, let's say there was one podcast I was, I was watching and it had 5.17 million subscribers. And it was like that you might as well just turn that into an email list because you're literally getting to them voluntarily listening to your podcast, 5 million people. I mean, they're not listening to every single episode, but enough of them are that it, again, people don't care about your resume. They don't even know your resume, but they like who you are. They like what you're talking about. They find it compelling, helpful, whatever you want to have it be. And you become a brand to yourself. So now you're not necessarily trying to chase a podcast and say, I want to be a guest on somebody else's podcast. I want to be the remora to their shark. But now I can become my own shark. And what happens is you'll get people that actually will start to listen to you because they love your takes on things. And you're not trying to sell a product. I mean, that's really the key about, you know, being a host on your own podcast and even being a guest as well is you're not trying to sell your own product, but you're just, you know, you're kind of creating a brand for yourself. And then what happens is when you do have a product that's designed to naturally help your audience and the more you know your audience, the better, you have people that already trust you, already like you, that want to be associated with you. And they're thinking, well, if, you know, I already like his podcast, if he has actually has a product that I have, it might be actually interesting. And they're, they're going to be willing to give you the benefit of the doubt more than they would some stranger that popped up in their email box. Or if you're at, or if you're on YouTube, some guy that just shows up as the in video ad, you know, or the, the ad before your video starts that they don't know anything about and they didn't ask for. So I think being a host on a podcast is important because and it's a longer it's a little bit more of an investment but it's one of these things that if you really believe in your product and you really think there's something different then i think there's value to it so you know and I'll, uh, for the people out there and this is part of my part of my target market for my business but let's say you're an insurance agent you know if you started your own podcast and all you're going to talk about is insurance you're going to first of all you're going to bore the living lights out of anybody but if you have a podcast that's like aimed at insurance agents on how to be better insurance agents, like how not to be boring or how to, you know, whatever it is, you know, then, and you have a niche that nobody else is doing, then I think you have an opportunity to be pretty successful, right? And some of it might be, you know, born out of your personality, you know, people that have run successful podcasts, a lot of it is they just have really vibrant personalities, but 
if you have a take on things, it's just different. People are going to listen to that. Even if you're not, you know, they're not buying anything or do anything functional with them. Like the one podcast that I was on, um, weird entrepreneurs, they just love, it was like Joe Rogan. They just love talking to weird entrepreneurs, people that, you know, sell clothing for dolphins or something. I mean, it could be just the weirdest. And I don't even know if that's a thing, but people that just have something where it's like, I can't believe this person's doing it. And they're just going to spend 25 minutes talking to this person who has this crazy occupation. I can't believe that you're actually doing this. Right. Um, and so what happens is they're not necessarily trying to sell a product, but they're, you know, they're kind of doing this new thing. And so if somebody comes up and says, Hey, I want to, I want to be a sponsor on your podcast. Right. And you're the weird entrepreneur guy. Um, then, you know, at the same time, it's like they have to subscribe to your unwritten rules, but at the same time, you start to attract the type of businesses as sponsors Um who line up with what you're doing. So you may not have a product to sell, but you may end up getting money um, from sponsorship. And a lot of these big podcasts, like you had alluded to earlier, Al, um, that, you know, the big podcasts that have a ton of influence, you know, they start to attract sponsors that really apply to their, their podcast. So like the one I was, I was talking about in a prior episode, Pat McAfee, again, a total guys podcast. I don't, th I think their female listenership is probably one or zero, right? But their main sponsor is Roman. They're the the they're the 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 generic Viagra company, right? Well, it's the perfect thing. It's like you know, it's it's literally it's aimed perfectly, and so you start to attract the type of things on there. But then, what happens is you actually start to become a name for yourself, and having your own podcast and having your own tribe and fan club, you're going to actually start to be invited on other people's podcasts that are bigger. Right. So it's like everybody wants something that's just slightly out of reach for themselves. If you have 50 customers, you want 100. If you want 100 customers, you want 200 customers. And if you have a podcast with 100 listeners, you want 500. But when you get to be a podcast and you have a, a, a bigger listenership, you're, you're going to have people reach out to you and say, hey, we want to have you on our podcast. People that are, you know, beyond your reach, you didn't think you were ever going to be on their podcast. And all of a sudden, you start to get organic reach and interest in not only your product, but what you do. And so, you know, a lot of in internet marketing, they call that JVs, right? Joint venture marketing. So like mm -hmm. if you're doing really well, somebody might really love what you're doing and they say, Hey, we want to partner with you on this email campaign or on this launch that we're going to do. Um, and that's usually where people make the most money on when they do internet marketing is on joint venture launches. And so the idea with that on a podcast is the same thing. It's building a brand, getting your name out there and becoming a known quantity that people want to listen to or watch, want to be associated with, or just in general, they start to identify with. And so when you have a product that you want to launch or you have a sponsor that is going to sponsor your podcast, um, you know, they're immediately going to start trusting that, Right. Unless right. you're doing like a podcast for Alcoholics Anonymous and a gin sponsor signs up. So that's probably not, you know, mm. probably not the best thing, but that's one thing that you want to consider. And it, it really doesn't cost you any, neither of these options when we talk about podcasts cost you any money. Um, you just need to have the platform to use. And we're not going to get into great detail on that today, but you need to have the, you know, understand the platform to use, understand the very rudimentary skills as far as like audio editing, Video editing is not a little less rudimentary, 
um, but understanding exactly how to systematize it so that it's pretty easy. And we have that for this podcast setup where we'll record it, you know, and I'll, it'll be launched. It could be launched as soon as an hour after this podcast is done. I mean, that's pretty much how fast and easy it is. Um, mm -hmm. Now let's pivot a little bit. And one of the other areas we want to talk about today, and this is an easy one that is, is, is literally the biggest layup. It's, it's easy to do. It's not hard. And you can take advantage of the number two website in the entire world for, for engagement. And that's YouTube. <clears throat> and YouTube is owned by the number one uh, website in the world when it comes to engagement. And that's Google. Now, one of the things that um, one of the things that people are starting to realize over the last couple of years is that if you want to basically launch your own business, a lot of people instead of trying to come up with a product or either manufacture it or or sell you know individual items and advertise to do it, they just create their own YouTube channel. And it could be anything from like it could be anything from you know, people that talk about mysteries of the ancient pyramids, it could be political, it could be sports. Uh, it could be religious, it could be anything you want to do, but you can start your own YouTube channel. And the reason that's important, especially the, if, if anything this, this past year has taught us, is people spend a lot of time online watching stuff. You know, you see the cord cutting that's gone away from cable companies into, into streaming. Um, but a lot of people spend their time, instead of watching TV, they're watching um, YouTube amongst other things. I mean, I can tell you this, when I'm doing work in the day, I usually have, I have a set number of subscriptions that I have on YouTube. I'll go through them. I'll preload tabs on my browser and I'll just have those playing in the background. Now, 15 years ago, you would have the TV on in the background and you'd be passively listening to that where you're working, or you might have the radio in the background, but right now people, you know, they might have Spotify in the background, but a lot of times people are going to spend their time where they're watching, they're watching stuff. They're going to watch on YouTube. And it could be something where you just decide to go down the go down the uh, the rabbit hole, and you're going to look at like aliens or time travel video, proof of time travel videos, or some crazy things like that. Um, but people spend a lot of time watching YouTube, and so one of the things that people realize is you'll, you'll be a consumer of YouTube. But one of the things you could do is you could start your own YouTube channel. And again, it goes along with the same idea of being a podcast host, where you don't want to just start one up and say, I'm just going to put videos and I'm going to record myself talking because it's boring and nobody's going to listen to that. But if you can have a, a unique take on thing, an interesting take, something that is people probably haven't thought of before, or you have, maybe you're looking at different things that are happening in the world, but you're looking at it from a unique perspective, people are going to look at that and they want to, they'll want to watch things. So, you know, a lot of what you'll see on YouTube right now, you'll see the politics is easy because you can just approach it from the left or from the right. I mean, that's just the biggest layup out there. Um, but other people, it's like, you, you know, they could do how-to videos. Um, for example, like there's people that are taking, I know for me, I was looking at um, LSAT tutoring for law school, right? And there's people, there's, 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 there's channels all over that will, will teach you or like, will guide you through on study techniques or how to master questions or know what they're looking for. The idea is they're trying to get you a better score on it. And it's like, you may not listen to that for 10 years, but you'll listen to it before your test and you'll be watching a lot of their channels. And there's people that have total cottage industries where they're doing that. And YouTube, the cool thing about it is it's one, it doesn't really take a whole lot of skill. I mean, as long as you have a camera and you know how to hit start and stop, 
Like pretty much that's most of what you need to do. You can get better cameras and better technology and things like that, but you don't need to do that. Um, but secondarily, it's free. Like it's simple to use too. Like Google to their credit and YouTube to their credit. If you want to start a channel, the ability to where you literally create your channel and to actually getting content on there is almost one of the biggest no-brainers out there. I mean, they walk you through every single step on how to do it. And they even have video editing on there. So even if you say, well, I don't have any video editing software, you could record your video, have it up, you know, basically embedded on the, the YouTube channel and actually do the video editing on their website. So, but the reason it's important is it's the number two site for engagement on the internet. I mean, people spend a ridiculous amount of time on YouTube. So um, with that being said, I know I've kind of enunciated a while. Al, what's your, what's your take on that? What's your experience with that as far as using YouTube as a vehicle for um, kind of getting your name out there? Well, here, here's how I, I feel about it. If it's YouTube or it's a podcast, um, whether you're doing the podcast or you're a guest, most of, most of the people out there, it, it, it's an ego thing. Okay, they want to be liked or they want to be noticed or they just want to express their opinion because their opinion matters to them. Okay, and that's okay. All right. Um, a lot of people don't have anything to sell, they just want to be YouTube stars. Okay, but if you think you're going to be a YouTube star, and then because you're a YouTube star, you're going to reach millions of millions of people or, or even hundreds of people or thousands of people, whatever. You're going to reach a lot of people. Um, first of all, you better be uh, really good or really interesting or really topical or you're going to have to uh, if you're going to reach these people through organic search, so to speak. OK. Be prepared to not have an audience for quite a long time, number one. Yep. Number yeah. two, um, if, you're, you know, if you're not interesting, if you're not to some degree what I, I would call professional at what you're doing um, or, or you're not talking about a subject that anybody finds interesting, uh, you're, you're not going to make money. You're not going to make money at it. So it's really more of an ego thing if you're not making money at it, is what I'm basically saying. And, and be prepared for that. Now, if this thing catches fire, if it goes viral, there may be an opportunity to, to make some money. But there's basically two ways. So, well, I'll say three ways to look at this uh, as a money-making uh, uh, proposition, if you will. Okay. Number one, you have something to sell. Okay. I don't care if it's a better mousetrap or you're a coach or you wrote a book or uh, you, you're a, a financial expert or whatever it is, you have something to sell. Okay. A product, a service, a workshop, a webinar, I, I, whatever it is. Okay. Where people are going to pay you something to participate. That's what they call the upsell. Okay. You're going to give them some information. You're going to entertain them. You're going to get their attention. You're going to, they're going to spend some time with you listening, watching, whatever. 
But at some point, you're going to want to, they're going to want to either go to the next level with you, become a member, uh, uh, buy your product or service, or participate in something where they're going to exchange money for the privilege of doing that. That's number one. And most of the people out there that do have podcasts have something to sell. Okay. They're establishing themselves as an expert, a thought leader, an influencer, whatever. They have something to sell. They're not going to sell it to every single person that listens to the podcast or watch the YouTube video. But there's going to be a percentage of people that are going to feel like, yeah, that's something I want. Okay, I'm willing to exchange money for that. And that's the best place to start. Okay, because you're not looking for sponsors. You're just looking for an audience. Okay, you are building a tribe. You are becoming uh, an expert or seen as an expert or authority or whatever. So, or you're building your network. You could possibly build it, be building a peer network of some kind. Okay, so that's good. But if you think that you're going to do some YouTube videos or you're going to put some podcasts out, and then you're going to get somebody like Allstate Insurance or Procter & Gamble or somebody or else to sponsor you. You've got a tough road to hoe, my friend. It's not probably it's probably not going to happen. OK, and even if you do go viral these days, you're only going to go viral for 15 minutes. You've had your 15 minutes of fame and you're gone. Now, if you capitalize on that, you might make some money. Okay, or you might get the word out, or you might build a bigger audience, or you might get members, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Okay, um, but chances are you're not ever going to be featured by traditional media. You're never going to get huge exposure. You're never going to become a, a household name or a meme or anything like that. Okay, uh, the, this is what I call crabs in a bucket. Okay. Crabs in a bucket. You're just another crab in the bucket trying to get out. You are not the fisherman. Okay. You are a, another crab in the bucket. And I'm not, I don't want you to take that as a negative way, in a negative way, but you got to be realistic. If you don't have a, a, a network, if you don't have uh, a, a, a marketing strategy, if you don't have a, a, a product or a service that re people really want, or you're not being seen as somebody who's really professional or really good at what you do, I, I don't think, I think you're just another crab in the bucket, okay? Trying to get out. Now, there are, are there, I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I am not a, uh, I'm not a millennial. I don't spend a lot of time on YouTube. What I do, sometimes I'll go to YouTube and watch a couple of entertaining clips like SNL or something like that. Most of the time I go on YouTube for the music, you know, or uh, I've got a big HD uh, screen and I'll go to YouTube and just watch some, some, beautiful graphic go round and round while I'm listening to meditative type music. That's just me, you know? I mean, uh, the other way is a how-to thing. I just recently got a new phone and I wasn't sure how to install the, uh, the micro HD drive in the phone. And I, I opened the phone and I looked at it and I go like, 
where, how does this fit in? Where, where does this go? It's, it doesn't look like it fits in there. So I went to YouTube and there was a, a, a two minute video on how to install the, uh, the, the, the HD drive for my phone. And I looked at it and I go like, ah, well, I see what I'm doing wrong. Okay. And I put it in there. Problem solved. Is that gonna, guy going to make any money off of me? I don't think so. But for some reason, he decided he wanted to put that video out there. And that's great. But if you think you're going to, some kind of magic is going to happen and you're going to build a huge audience and you're going to go viral and then uh, uh, corporate sponsors are going to be uh, beating down your door to, to give you money, forget about it. Okay? It ain't going to happen. All right? It's a one in a billion shot, okay? So the way I would suggest you approach it out there, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to do this, is get in touch with somebody who's an expert at doing these kinds of things. From a marketing point of view, from a production point of view, from a, from a, a they know how to connect to the right people and see if they can help you. Find a way for to get somebody to help you do it. Don't go up the learning curve yourself. Okay. If you're a serious, you're serious about this, get somebody to help you with it. And there's plenty of people out there that will help you with podcasts. They'll help you with YouTube, just like Matt is helping me with this because he's, he's more of an expert on this than I am. And he, he knows how he knows the nuts and bolts of this. And so I, I basically rely on Matt to, to do this. Um, I'm not a production guy. I'm a marketing strategist guy. So you really have to understand so many different parts of this. And one part of it is you got to be realistic about your expectations and look at it from a learning curve point of view versus from a point of view of how can I get better at this and then do it. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. And I think part of it, to your point, I think it's going back to your, what's your main thing that you're trying to do? If you're, if you're trying to help yourself first, I mean, that's just, let's look at it just from economics. Like you're just not going to do that. If your main goal is to help yourself first, then first of all, it's not going to work. Second of all, people are going to see through that. Like if they, people are smart people, they can tell if somebody's looking out for their own interests primarily. But if you're going to be going these routes, any of these routes we're talking about where it's free publicity, one of the basic things you have to start off with is your main and, and real principle goal is to help people. Like really, if, if at anything, it has to be way in the back of your mind um, that there's any benefit to you, but you have to really focus on how to build value and how to help people out. So if it's a podcast that, you know, an audio podcast, then you're talking about how do you help people out? Well, you make them have interesting stuff during the day, give them something interesting to listen to, something helpful to listen to. If you're on YouTube and you decide to, you know, how to jailbreak your iPhone, you know, whatever it is, then it's like, all right, well, then you have to be focused on helping people jailbreak their iPhone. You can't have this like sinister ulterior motive of like, I'm going to tell people this is what I'm going to do, but <laughs> I have a master plan how I'm going to make all this money. It doesn't work like that. And in capitalism, it's just simply, you know, you get rewarded for helping people out first. Once they get helped out first, then you're going to get remunerated in kind. And so are you going to have Oprah or Dr. Phil or Joe Rogan knocking at your door? No, because you haven't earned that. You haven't helped people to that level yet. You haven't done anything interesting enough for them to do that. But you will get it in kind if, you know, if, if you're 
Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor was a broke dude living at his mom's house in Ireland, you know, spending, you know, six hours or eight hours a day in the gym and nobody knew who the heck he was, right? He, I mean, he was a nobody. He wasn't going to go on anybody's podcast. He wasn't going to show up on ESPN, but, you know, when he wins two UFC belts and, you know, makes hundreds of millions of dollars, the most famous UFC wrestler fighter out there, then yeah, he can be on any podcast he wants to be for the most part because he's earned it. And so if you're starting a YouTube channel, I think what you said is dead right. You got to expect nobody to be subscribing. I mean, you got to expect to have zero subscribers, one subscriber, two subscribers. But, and if that stays that way, it means that you're not providing enough value out there because YouTube has, I mean, literally their algorithm is if people watch it and they want, the more they watch it, it's going to get suggested to their friends. It's going to get suggested to people who listen to common other videos. So like if you listen to three video, watch three videos on YouTube, Al, it's going to, and I listen suggest. to the same yeah. three, you, yeah, it's going to, if I listen to one of, watch one of them, it's going to suggest those other two to me more likely. And so it's going to cross pollinate and you're going to get a lot more views. You're going to get the set, you're going to get the right people listening to you. I mean, they do all the heavy lifting, but you have to focus on what can I do to help people out? You're not sitting here going, I'm going to give them some cool information. And then I want to sell my product at the end and make a lot of money. Yeah. People aren't stupid. They've seen that a million times before, but if they sp if you spend all your time giving them and if you have a product that's fine but it's like if your main focus in your mind and in your heart is about helping people out first and primarily people are going to get that and they're going to see that you really are trying to help them out right and a lot of those how to with iphone videos they're not hawking any products you know that they're literally just the guy in his garage going hey look look at this this is how you do this you know um zero production value whatsoever now the other thing you can do, and this isn't a zero dollar thing, but it's close enough to where it warrants an inclusion in this conversation, are influencers. Now, most people think when you think of Instagram influencers or YouTube influencers or social media influencers as a whole, you think of people like the Kardashians or celebrity influencers, like you're going to get Kanye hawking your product. And, you, and you know, those people are really expensive. But one of the things I found is there's people that if you get, if you find somebody who has a following on YouTube or anywhere, Spotify or any place, Instagram, and they have about anywhere from 10,000 to 50,000 subscribers, usually what they'll do is they will do some type of sponsorship or influencer opportunity with you for maybe a, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, a really small amount. Um, but it has to be the right niche. So you just don't go say, hey, I'm going to go look at um, on Instagram and try to find everybody who has um, a business, you know, or, or a business in, you know, somebody with a business uh, podcast with 25,000 listeners. And I'm going to go do that. But you need to find the right niche. Find somebody that would love your product. You know, somebody that would actually probably use your product or find it interesting. You know, if you're talking about, you know, for example, for you, if you're sitting here with somebody and you're showing somebody how to market their business, um, I would probably try to find somebody who's an influencer who does the same thing, but doing it from a completely different standpoint. You know, somebody that would be a complimentary product to what they're doing. Like I could really add value to this person's listenership or viewership. Um, you know, I did, I do sales training. And so, you know, what can I do? I want to find somebody who you know, is teaching people about the nuts and bolts of sales. Well, I can come in and show you how to do it without being salesy. 
And so if I come in and I have a product and I think it would really help them and they promote it on there, they're going to promote it to their audience because it's going to be a value add to their audience for sure. And on the back end, they'll make a little bit of money. But what's really cool is you don't have to spend like a thousand, ten thousand dollars on these influencers. If you get somebody with 15 to 20,000 people that are on their viewership or, you know, listenership, they'll charge you, I don't know, maybe 150, 200 bucks to do mm. a spot where they just say, like, you could either just say, hey, I, you know, I want to check out this guy. I watched one of his videos. It was really interesting. This is the link. Boom. They charge you 150 bucks and you've now reached 15,000 people that are tightly within your target market. And it'll be probably some of the best money you spent. Now, is it free? Is it like without spending any money? No, but it is something that you want to look at potentially and do that. And the nice thing is there's a lot of websites out there that will tell you, you can literally look at um, YouTube channels, for example, you could sort them by viewership and then they actually categorize them. So you'll find one on like, you know, or, you know, making bouquets of flowers, auto, how to fix your car, how to fix your phone, business, entertainment, celebrity gossip, it could be anything, sports. And then you just go through and take a look and find out, okay, which ones could I, you know, are interesting? Which ones do you think I can add value on? Um, and you reach out to them and just say, hey, well, I saw this on here. I have a product, you know, just be very naked about it. I have a product that I think would really benefit your listenership or viewership. And I'd love to talk to you about it, about maybe doing a sponsorship or some type of, you know, you know, where you use them as an influencer. And um, it's, a, it's a very quick way. If you do it the right way and you get the right person um, and you build a relationship with that person where they actually like your product, you can, you can actually start to build your, and, you know, scale your business pretty darn quickly if you do it that way. Um, but I want to finish off today's episode. And we're going to talk a little bit about, we've hit a lot, a lot about like, the internet and podcasts. These are things without borders. These are things we can advertise nationally and globally, uh, potentially. But let's talk about local a little bit. So let's say, for example, you're sitting here saying, okay, that's great, but I have an, a little local insurance brokerage or I have a pizza shop, right? I mean, how can I sit here and build my customer base without spending any money or really little, if any money, in advertising? And this is where, Al, we're going to jump into your world a little bit. So uh, the main way that I've, that, I, that I've seen where you do this, and there's, we're going to talk about a couple, is number one is you want to become a meetup organizer. Like that's instead of having to go to meetups and attend meetups all the time and spend your whole week just like jumping from lily pad to lily pad or going from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, um, you become your own organizer. Mm. And you start to actually attract the people that you want to attract. And, and again, for people that don't know this, that's how Al and I met. I, I didn't really find any meetup groups where I was meeting the type of people that I wanted to meet. And I didn't, I wasn't trying to sell people. I just wanted to meet people that had something that had kind of a similar place in life and similar motivations, starting similar businesses, doing similar things. And I just thought, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working remotely at this one coffee shop by the beach every, every week. So I'm just going to, I'm, I'm here every week. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to put an event out there tell them what it's about, tell them what it's not about. And anybody who is interested and kind of meets my criteria, you know, they get to come out and I'll tell you what, it's interesting because people generally look at you, they give me way more credit than I deserve. I'll tell you that much for sure. But they look at you as somebody that immediately has a following that knows what they're doing. That's well-respected and, you know, hopefully it's earned, but um, they don't even know whether it is or not. But what happens is, as you start to build that, that community, 
all of a sudden, number one, you become a connector, um, you know, to other people similar to what you've done, but just, you know, you're obviously at a much bigger scale than I would be. Um, but secondarily, it's like you just start to meet people that either could be a customer of yours, could be a collaborator of yours, um, maybe a partner if you want to go that way. But it gets to a point where you start to screen these people and start to realize these people might actually be a benefit. You know, I might actually like spending time with them. I might want to do a podcast with somebody. I might want to, um, you know, just bounce ideas off of like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this or I'm thinking of using this platform or I want to start being better at video editing. What do you think? Or do you know anybody? And, and you start to have the ability to really bring expertise into your business or have more tools that you bring into your business than you would do otherwise. And so mm -hmm. I guess I, with that being said, that was kind of my initial part of doing this. And I realized it's like, you get way more credit than you really deserve, especially in the, be in the beginning. Um, but you're way down, the, you're way farther down the road than I am on this. So if you could talk to the, the people listening to this right now and tell them about kind of when you decided to start doing this, kind of what your experience was and then kind of where you are now with it. Do you want me to speak uh, uh, specifically to meetup or, or just, about? Just becoming an, or it doesn't have to be meetup oh, the website. Okay. But just yeah, becoming no. <laughs> that, like that, that in a sense, you're the focal point. You're the hub of the wheel. Yeah. Where, pe where you're not going to other people going to meetups, but you're kind of being the person sure. where you're the facilitator or, yeah. you know, well, you're I'll the talk person a little, people are going to. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it because it's been a, a, a literally a seven year plus journey with Meetup. Um, I started uh, getting involved with Meetup when I took over an organization called Adventure Club San Diego. Um, it had changed hands a couple of times and I had been a member and had participated in a lot of fun events. And this was pre-Meetup, pre-social media, if you will. This was like 10, 12 years ago. And um, one of the things that they had in place when uh, I took over was a meetup group. And so I took over the meetup group because I took over the organization, Adventure Club San Diego, which was a fun uh, social organization where we got together and went, did all kinds of fun things. We, we went to Mexico, we went river rafting, we had, uh, you know, social hours, picnics in the park, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, that's how I got involved in meetup. And then over time, I, I set up some meetup groups that about subjects and that, well, topics or subjects or interests, I guess you could say that I liked. Okay, so I have the entrepreneur success group. I had another group about holistic living. I had another group about singles, which I called Singles Adventures. I had Adventure Club, uh, uh, Adventure Club San Diego as a meetup group. Um, and then as time went on, as I joined more meetup groups, and I'm, I think I'm a member at one time, I was a member of like 115 different meetup groups. As time went on, I realized that this was a, 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 an effective tool for reaching people and uh, and connecting and uh, culture uh, cultivating relationships. And and this was mostly pre-pandemic, okay. But um, still, as I became a member of other groups, then I would volunteer to become an event organizer. 
And then if I was an event organizer, I could say, well, do you want somebody to help you co-organize the event, and, uh, the, uh, the meetup group? So I, I, was, I, I started cross-posting events to multiple meetup groups. So over a period of time, and it, it was very gradual, but over a period of time, I began, I, I, I can reach more and more people on Meetup. And then I thought to myself, well, there's a lot of people out there that maybe have an event they want to promote. And it, it's not something I'm promoting. It's not something I'm doing, but they are doing. Uh, and it, 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 it meets, uh, you know, it's the audience uh, need, needs, or it could be of interest to different audiences in different groups. Why don't I help them promote? And then uh, I said, well, you know, look, if I'm helping them to promote an event, maybe they need help with their marketing strategy. Maybe they need help to, uh, to build a campaign. Uh, maybe they need some business coaching. Uh, and there's a certain small percent of people that were leading an event. Um, and that event had something to do with uh, part of their mission or their their business or whatever. And uh, so that gradually got me to, to see how Meetup could, 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 could fit to help me get more clients. So it was a gradual thing. And, but the main thing was I really liked connecting with interesting people, uh, knowledgeable people, uh, people that were interested in some of the same things that I was interested in, um, whether it was health or art or music, or or, uh, or or just social, you know, there was used to be a, uh, I still think I'm a member, but we, I don't go to it. It was, uh, it was the uh, Dive Bar of the Month Club. <laughs> the Dive Bar of the Month Club had like 7,000 people in it, okay? Pre-pandemic now, and they still do online events, but I mean, you know, uh, is different now, but, uh, but, uh, I noticed that, uh, then I began to notice that some meetup events, some meetup groups, uh, it was a really interesting subject, but they had no members. So then I would approach the, the organizer and it would say, Hey, do you want to get more members? Let's see if some of the people in my other six, I had six meetup groups at one time where I was the organizer if some of the people in, in, in my, my meetup groups want to join your meetup group also. So I became really an expert at meetup, how it works, the nuts and bolts of it. And it does have some drawbacks because meetup wants you to organize more meetups. And so one of the drawbacks to meetup is you can't just create a meetup and have it appeal to everybody in the, have it reach everybody in the world. Okay, it's only going to reach the people in your your city or geographical area primarily. That's how it's focused. This may change now because of the situation we're in worldwide. But there is a way to create a meetup that you could get everybody in the United States interested in. It's a little more complicated, but um, I would say this same strategy. Uh, is going to work for other other type 
uh, of situations. It could work for a podcast. It could work for a YouTube, uh, a YouTube channel. It could work for, uh, 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 you know, building your email list uh, for your website. There are, the, the strategies can be used and 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 cross cross over into different different uh, ways and different mediums. But uh, I'm not going to go too far into the nuts and bolts of it. But I'm, that's generally how I became a, a, a meetup influencer and a meetup uh, a person that can reach over seventy thousand people on meetup. Uh, it just built over a period of time. But uh, it, it it is. Let me just say this. In conclusion, okay, it isn't just about reaching lots of people, okay? It's about having a strategy and building a brand and having a business that produces something or makes something available that appeals to those people and then executing on that. Executing on that strategy to sell that. To sell it and, and, and in the nicest way possible, like you said, to provide that value to your audience and, 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 then, and, and then getting them to send you money. <laughs> you know, I don't know how else to put it, right? You're not NBC News. You're not, uh, you're not Channel 8, you know, uh, or whatever. You're, you're there to sell something. And you want to keep that in mind. If, if you're selling an idea, fine. If you're selling a service, fine. If you're selling a product, fine. You have to keep in mind that you're there to sell something. And, and it's nothing negative about it, okay? And that's that's just kind of what I want to say about that. Yeah, so and I think it's it's important to understand you are, I mean, we are running a business. This is not a hobby. It's not a, you know, just a pastime. You are there to, to do something. But, you know, at the same time, in the end, you know, building off what you said, it's, it's you're there to build value for people. I mean, that's when you're selling a product, you're trying to help people out, build value, make their life easier, help them make more money, whatever it is, B2B, B2C. Um. But at the same time, you have to have, you know, have to understand that you're not gonna you're not gonna be a media mogul overnight. Exactly. I mean, it takes time. It <laughs> you does. Know, if you happen to be, if even the people we talked about, Joe Rogan, he he said over and over again, he goes, he didn't start a podcast to, to have this big podcast and to make tons of money and get a Spotify deal. He goes, honestly, I was. He said he was filling his time, and he just wanted to. He was just honestly, he started his podcast with his buddies because he's a stand-up comedian. He was just starting, just chatting with his stand-up comedian buddies and then you know he realized well i could actually talk to people that are you know i, I want to talk to people what i want to talk to people about and initially it was stand-up comedy and then it was this other stuff and then you know he has elon musk smoking a blunt you know which by the way like almost lost him the security clearance um but then it's like you can really talk to anybody right and it got mm -hmm. to a point where even in the past election you know, they, they were like, they were trying to figure out how to handle the whole Ob or Obama, the Biden Trump debate thing. And they're like, ah, put him on Joe Rogan. And it's like, this is a guy who's like, dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stand up comedian. Like, I, I, I never intended this to happen. They had one guy in a show and he's like, yeah, you have the biggest, <clears throat> this past week is like, yeah, you have the biggest podcast in the world. And he was like, just completely deflecting it away. He's like, man, I don't care about that. 
he goes, I really don't care. He goes, I, I started this podcast because I just wanted to, I just, I was goofing off talking to my friends and I wanted to do, I wanted to have something to fill the time. Yeah. And that was his thing. And it just happened to hit and his motives are in the right place. He's, he's a reasonable guy. People relate to him and, and it's scaled up and he just did something that nobody else did. And, you know, if you're going to become, if you're going to be your own hot podcast host or have a YouTube channel, yeah, don't expect to have millions of followers. It doesn't happen like that automatically. Could it happen? For sure. But if you're doing it because you love talking about it and you love adding value and, you know, maybe you look at it as a marketing channel. It's a great marketing channel, by the way. Um, the odds of you being successful are going to be higher because people are smart. They, they can sense ulterior motives a mile away. It's okay with selling something as being a secondary or tertiary motive. That's fine. People get that. They know you're in business. They know we have to all have to pay the mortgage or pay the rent. Um, but if they, if they think that your main thing is selling them on things, then that's a whole different ball game, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's a great, it's a great model. And, and the one thing that's really cool about it is, is it's easy to use. It left the other thing we didn't really talk about it, you know, YouTube, for example, it's a number two website in the world. Google's number one, but Google in their own self-interest, they will uprank your websites or your web pages if you have YouTube content in there. And so the more YouTube content that you're publishing out, the higher YouTube's going to push your, your websites. So people are all getting into, I call it nerd math, but like the SEO and trying to figure out ways to like, you know, trick the algorithms into putting your website higher. But realistically, it's, it's simple. Like if you want Google to put your website higher, put more Google content on there. You know, and then the more video, the more videos that you have from your domain and that are on your website, they're going to bump you higher and higher and it's going to help you out. And, and on top of that, it's easy, it's free and people are going to like you. If you're, if you're unique and different, you have a, a specific take or you're funny, you have a good personality, whatever it is, you have a totally counterintuitive perspective on things. Um, one, you're going to love putting the content out, but people are going to immediately be attracted to you and be like, I like the way that you're thinking about things because odds are you're, you're the only person doing things your way. Mm. So as we close up today, I just want to wrap up and say again, the, the question that I asked a long time ago is, do you really have to pay for advertising? And, and, you know, with an implication that it's being no. So in the prior episode, we talked about the kind of the why and the unwritten rules that are in there that you need to really be aware of ahead of time. But just understand there's a lot of options. You know, it used to be that, and trust me, I was the media planner guy that you had radio, TV, you had radio, TV, newspaper, billboards, um, and direct mail. Those were like the five that you could do. And now, I, if you notice, I didn't mention any of them. I, I didn't mention any of them. Right now, the two biggest ones, and, and we'll throw a third in there, the biggest ones are podcasts, um, uh, using YouTube or really anything. You could use Rumble or BitChute or some other ones that are out there as well. Um, and then influencers. You notice I didn't even talk about social media. Mm -hmm. you know, part of that is because they, they move the goalposts all the time. And you know, it used to be that if you had a, let's say that you had a thousand people liking your page on Facebook, you post something on Facebook and a thousand people would see it. And now it's like 20 Mm -hmm. and they want to push you toward paid advertising. So you notice oh, I didn't yeah. even mention social media. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things you can do where you're taking advantage of how people spend their day. That's really the key of what we're talking about. And you can put compelling, good, funny, whatever content in front of them that interests them, that helps them mm -hmm. out, that entertains them, 
It could be fixing Al's iPhone. It could be how to replace, you know, something in your car. Uh, last night, one of the one of my apps on my TV didn't work, so I was looking up trying to figure out what that meant, or is there anything I can do to fix that? And there's always things that you can do on that. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you can do it. And the key thing is this: it's not money equity that you're putting out; it's sweat equity. And if you decide I'm going to put out, take some time, learn the rules of the road, learn how to do it, and actually be consistent in putting out content, people are going to listen to you. That's why we do a weekly podcast on here. That's why my podcast, where I'm teaching people. And that we're, uh, we're, we're recording this in the midst of the GameStop AMC Robin Hood scandal. I'm, I've been doing that for 10 months and, and I understand exactly what they're doing. And I have a podcast every single, pretty much every day that I put out where I walk people through kind of what the Robin Hood people, the, 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 the Wall Street bets people were doing for the most part, not options and crazy stuff like that, but how to take advantage of a crazy economy and make a crap load of money while you're doing it. Um, I'm not making any money. I'm not selling any products for it. I just like doing it. I think it's interesting. I'm walking people through my day and I'm building subscribers every single day. Um, mm -hmm. And YouTube loves it. YouTube wants more eyeballs on their channels. And so they have a vested interest in helping me out. So, uh, and then again, if you're local, become a media, meetup organizer. That's the easiest one um, to get on there because you get mm -hmm. to be the celebrity, the main person, the person at the pedestal, the person you know, at the dais, you get to be the MC of the show, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you get a lot of warranted or unwarranted respect, uh, depending on kind of where you're coming from. Um, but anyway, the whole point of it, guys, is if you want to build your business, you don't have to sit here and worry about going bankrupt in the process. You can take advantage of what people are doing every day um, and getting in front of them and to do it for free. So with that being said, Al, do you have any closing thoughts? And we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um. Yeah, I only have one one con one closing comment, and that is, uh, if you're if you're not planning, then you're planning to fail. Have a strategy, measure the results, and at some point, you're gonna take that to the next level. And if the next level is, is, is paying to reach more people, then it'll make sense because you know exactly what you're getting out of it. And that's really my closing comment with regard to this. Yeah, great point, great point. So, all right, so with that being said, we appreciate you guys spending time with us today. Again, we are here, as we said earlier, primarily to build value for you. And hopefully, you know, gives you insight and helps you run your business a little better, gives you ideas on, how to take advantage of the insights of people that have been serial entrepreneurs, because uh, we want to see you be a serial, profitable entrepreneur. And uh, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us. Our individual contact information is in the show notes, so make sure you reach out to us. Uh, other than that, we will see you next week. My name is Matt. And I am Al. And we'll see you soon. Adios. Thank you for joining us today on the Halicean Horn podcast. You've just taken the crucial step to finally take control of where your life is going by joining us on the road to entrepreneurship. The path to your new amazing destiny has only just begun. You're already ahead of 99% of the people around you because you're finally taking control of your life. 
and making the choice to claim your new destiny. We'd love to help you in any way we can along your journey. So take a minute to reach out to us. You'll find our contact information in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as the newest episode drops. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Don't wait. Do it now. Can't wait to meet up for our next episode, and we'll see you soon.